0: Hello and welcome to the Creative Colour podcast. My name is Simon Ferdos, I'm a TV comedy producer, director and writer. So Creative Colour began out of sheer frustration with how little TV has progressed with using people of colour in front of and especially behind the camera. Very few of us are making the decisions which lead to content being made about us but not for us and certainly not by us. With the coronavirus lockdown, I decided to do a series of online Zoom workshops to help bridge those gaps. This podcast series is the culmination of all those workshops. They've been edited down, audio tech issues fixed where possible. And by now you'll be familiar that occasionally I forget to press record and don't think I learned my lesson in the second batch of workshops I ran either. This Creators of Colour workshop entitled Screen Acting happened on Tuesday 21st of April 2020 with the incredible actor Hamza Jutua, who has starred in Doctor Who, Zombo, Grantchester, Sandlands and many, many more shows. How did you get into
1: acting? I did it in school when I think in year seven I was studying drama and I got really addicted to it because I had a bad stammer as a kid. And then... um, that it sort of it it snowballed. I started to do in speech therapy in primary school we were doing improvisation and then when I got to year seven I was doing drama classes and then I became addicted to it and then I did performing arts a level in sixth form and then um I went on to study business degree (laughs) was that a you
0: decision or a parent's decision
1: that was literally me because I had no like fucking clue what what drama school even was like I was like this kid from, I was just this boy from Walthamstow. so none of my peers, like we didn't know anything about it, uh, nor did my parents, I don't think even my teachers in sixth form, knew, like there wasn't any real drama school conversation, but it was good that I did it that way because um, I, I thought I was just, just too young for drama school and I sort of needed that university experience and I did something else. And then after uni, I went to drama school. I did a master's in acting yeah. for screen at Central.
0: Oh, Amazing. And do you think like having that mixed experience really helps in like, because oh, obviously like the whole like freelancing and stuff, like you should have a bit of business act, like yeah. mind
1: to it I anyway. Think, yeah, I think more and more, I, I'm starting to understand my d- degree, I think 10 years down the line, I actually understand mm-hmm. what I did at uni. I had no clue when I was doing it. But now you see yourself more simply self-employed and you know like any other self-employed people it's like okay this 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 is how am I going to strengthen my craft and how am I going to go about getting my work and how do I remain sustainable while trying to do something creative it's the constant thing yeah Um, yeah, it has been useful it's
0: familiar to me but not to others you're in front of your self-tape wall yes I thought fitting (laughs) Uh.
2: (laughs)
1: um Um, this is the only space
0: how how what's your self-tape setup since you're in it
1: um it got better my self-tape setup because i was i think about five six years ago when the first time i had to do a self-tape and i was like what and then i was literally sort of trying to do it on my laptop and like behind you know there's people walking in the background and it was just a complete mess Mm. but i've slowly started to understand what um casting directors are looking for with a self-tape and you can just look online uh, spotlight have a great breakdown about what they're looking for and if you go on youtube there's loads of self-tape videos about how to do it for me it's simply a good color background chair and a i've got this is a tripod but what's it's a normal tripod but what's interesting is this device it's a little phone holder adapter oh,
3: cool.
1: and they're about a tenner on amazon and I do it on my phone and then I attach a little microphone to point it in the direction of the person okay. and that's just a that's it's
0: just, just a, for a phone isn't it for yeah
1: microphones. I, I find I because there are I do know actors who do it on a dslr yeah and then move the sd card and upload it but I'm just too lazy and because I'm the type that I need to do it take off to take off to take mm. um and I could probably do about 20 to 30 takes for one self-tape thing I find it a lot easier to upload from my phone to just change the name of the file and to do it whichever way that the custom director is asking for because sometimes they tell you to put it on Vimeo sometimes they tell you to put it on WeTransfer yeah so I I find it the most manageable to do it that way and also phone cameras are getting really good now
0: yeah
1: and that's kind of all you need
0: yeah, you're cutting out that faff in between of having to upload and all that sort of stuff. It's all already on your phone anyway. Because I've helped a few friends on their self-tape. Yeah, I think a setup like that is definitely much much better than me holding it while trying to read. Really like yeah,
1: yeah. You yeah. definitely need a tripod. Definitely need a tripod, and an adapter would be great. uh Whatever way, microphone. There are some people that use radio mics, but I find them a bit too fiddly. This just seems to point in the right direction. It's not the best sound in the world, uh, but it 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 does help. Uh, what I would do what i am planning to do is try and get a room that you've got carpet because right. we've actually got old laminate and we may just after quarantine get some carpet in this bare room yeah or just uh, even rug
0: that would yeah help.
1: yeah just something to swallow the sound so it's not as echoey that's yeah. something i want to get better at and someone uh, with a lot of light yeah and loads of light also, I do have something else. It's a bit like a magician's box. Is
0: it a reflector? Yes. Oh, it no is. way. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I haven't used it in a while, but because I've been clearing out this room, yeah. uh, it is a reflector and I'm not going to open it because it's just going to go bang. Um, so I've got that as well. And if you can position that, and especially for people of colour, I find that this gold works really nicely. I had my, my friend from Caucasian background come over to do a self-tape and I found that white, works really well for him yeah um no pun intended but um (laughs) (laughs) um, but if you can get a reflector with um with gold on one side silver on the other and white on the other third side i don't know how that works but yeah Yeah, um uh, really maximizes
0: the like especially if you've got limited light it really maximizes the light that you do have
1: yeah i've also got um i bought on amazon that was an investment for 200 pounds
0: wow what's in the box a light right and uh, like that oh wow you can also get like smaller lighting setups so you don't have to you know spend out
1: yeah time. yeah um that was i i had uh, the thing is is that there are smaller lighting setups and i was using them but i mm. found them just not good enough right because it, the, you couldn't adjust the the strength of the light oh i see uh, yeah. you just be blasted with yeah. you just get um completely washed out Mm. so this one I invested a bit more but you can adjust it and you you buy them in packs of two and so you don't get that much shadow behind you oh, or as strong but yeah I haven't really used them we want to use-
0: um, well your room looks like it's got great natural light anyway
1: yeah we took the curtains out <laughs> so people can see us <laughs>
0: Um, so you're lucky to have Natalie to run lines with for yourself tapes, what advice would you give to people on their own?
1: If Natalie is away, I try and get someone to come over and read. If you can, If you know any actors that can help, get them to do it and scratch each other's backs as much as possible. Um, Loads of actors do it like that. You know, whoever, whichever actor lives closest to them, they're going to be their scene reading partner. And more and more you need one of those and make sure you help them out as well. So I would definitely try and get an actor to read with you if possible, if not, find someone that you, and your flatmate or someone that you live with, whoever you can to read the lines. Because I feel like it's so much better when you have someone there. There are apps, I think it's called, what is it? Script Rehearser. That's quite good. Um, that's like, if you really can't find anyone that I would use that instead of using nothing at all, or if it's, does
0: it read it back to you or something? Yeah.
1: So you, you, you kind of like type in the lines of the other lines Mm. and then you can adjust the cues. It's a bit fiddly for me. Uh, I've done it in another way where I've simply used an audio thing and read out the other lines and then left enough of a gap that yeah. I mimed in how long I think it would take me to say my line and then the other line comes back in. So you're kind of queuing yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, that's what I'd suggest. Uh, it is tough with, without an, uh, without a reader though. And I think now that you know, it went from never self-taping when I came out of drama school to now it's practically all self-taped. So it's, yeah. this is the thing you kind of, we're left as actors who have to find someone to do it.
0: Yeah. I suppose it, from a casting director point of view, it just makes it financially more reasonable for them to see as many people as possible that way by getting casting yeah. tapes in. Yeah. They've also, been... it's
1: cheaper for them because yeah. they don't have to rent a roof. <laughs> <So, laughs> exactly. um, yeah, so yeah, it, 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 is, it is changing like that. And I feel, yeah, casting directors. Yeah. I think there's a lot more content being made. Casting directors have less time, so they don't actually have to take the time out to go and tape actors mm-hmm. as much. So they'll probably call you in for a recall.
0: Um, I was just only thinking, could you have somebody on like a Zoom call saying the other lines?
1: I've never done that, but it could work.
0: Yeah, I suppose as like, a, like uh, an, an emergency sort of thing mm-hmm. in a sort of if you if you couldn't get hold of anybody and it was too fiddly to get the whole tech other tech stuff working. Yeah, having a real person. Yeah, that's a really
1: practice. good idea. That's a, I didn't think of that of course that that should be able to work and that also yeah. takes out the thing that you could have your laptop on or your tablet yeah and then tape from your phone so that that's actually got yeah. I, I might do that next time if I can't get a reader
0: yeah Do it. yeah yeah it's a good idea uh, is the process any different from preparing the role once you've got it or is the process for self-taping about the same
1: yes it is it is different because simply because of time Mm. Uh, usually when you get an audition you've got a few days if you're lucky sometimes you just get one night and all you've got to do is simply uh, l- learn the lines as best as possible mm. skim the script if you don't have time to read the full script I do control find and I look search for the character I'm auditioning for and follow their journey through the script so you just read the scenes right. that they're in and that's a good way to just whiz through and then you've got yeah. something to say if you're not self-taping or if you're going in to actually audition in the room and you feel like I need to say something but I didn't have time to read the script, that's a good way to cheat it. Ever?
0: that's really <laughs> good. <thing like> that. <laughs> so
1: you do that and I just give myself an objective for the character
0: mm.
3: and
1: then just give it loads of energy. That's simply to audition. However, if you are lucky enough to get the job, then I have a kind of a bigger process where I break down the whole script, go through every single scene, write down everything that happens in each scene, like what's each scene about and scenes that my character is in, what's happening in the scenes. Uh, For example, I go to the toilet, I come back out, i make it completely laborious. um, And I do loads of backstory work for the character. I think of ideas for objectives for each scene. And I do as much homework on the script and the world as possible. Uh, within the time i've got if, you, if you're playing a doctor and you know you're supposed to be a specialist in this field then learn as much as you can about it simply then you, i just feel yeah. like doing loads of work helps you when you go to actually shooting it you can put it all to the side and you feel like okay i kind it's of, got, of I know the enough, yeah i know enough that i can go and imagine and play yeah. in this world so
0: on the flip side of that when you're doing self-tapes because obviously you'll have sometimes you'll have like an hour Right, like you have to send them off that day. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so how do you truncate that into?
1: Oh, for self-tapes, it's simply go on your instinct as much as possible. Right. Um, what I, I've been doing, was when, just because I've been doing this self-tape challenge thing a few weeks now, and mm. since we've been in quarantine, and watching size so set the same scene for the actors to play, and just see how each actor will play the same scene, and watch, actually enjoying how unique each actor makes it. And, so that's why I think even more nice, you just yeah. go on your instincts. Give yourself an objective, learn the lines as best as possible and feel it.
3: Right. Feel
1: the play as much as you can because you are always gonna be if you're lucky enough to get a tape, then they've considered you to be an option. Mm. Your you your own authenticity is that option. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So don't basically don't try and do an impression of another actor playing the scene. So yeah, don't try your like best Arpuccino and this is you know, or whoever. <laughs> Yeah. You know, this is how Meryl Street* would read it, so I'm going to try and do it like that, don't do not do that, just make it, make it your own voice as much as possible.
0: Because they want you at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: they want you. Uh, so me
0: more about that self-tape challenge.
1: Yes, so it, I set two scenes, usually male-female, although it's open to whoever wants to play uh, whichever role, and it's from uh, TV shows that the scripts are available online and I try and find interesting scenes that are uh, challenging for the actors and it's been quite good we're on our third week now and it's good to just work on scenes without thinking oh fuck I've got this audition yeah this is going to give me x amount of money I could pay off this yeah. bill you know you know you just don't have these worries or you know There's you,
0: you behind it
1: yeah you're just doing it for the sake of practicing yeah. the craft so it's been quite good and it's kept me giving myself something to do during this quarantine as well.
0: Sook asked that she has I have a massively over-expressive
1: face, which doesn't look great on camera. How uh, does she turn it down? Is it a case of getting more experience? I, when I, I it's such a funny thing, I get this question a lot because I teach screen acting as well for um, City Academy, um, one of the screen acting tutors. And I do get this a lot. It's like, oh, students come in and like, my face is, I'm doing too much, my face is too expressive in, I'm like, no, that's just your face, and that's great. There's, you know, again, it's unique to you, and it's mm-hmm. simply if am I believing what you're doing? That's it. If you're an ex- an expressive person in real life, and it's all your truth, because that's how you are, as you go about day to day, then bring that to the scene. I don't feel like screen acting needs to be really held, and you know, everything mm. is just like that. I don't, I don't think that. Um, you see, one example I use is Steve Carell in The Office. Yeah, he pulls the most craziest faces that I think I've ever seen an to do in, in 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 a show, and yet you believe it. You're with him. You're you're buying it because he's finding his own truth as he's playing it. Um So, yeah, I don't think your face should ever hold you back. In fact, it should just be your advantage.
0: Artie asked, what's your advice on knowing the line between doing too much or too little or not doing enough and overacting? Basically, tips on naturalism.
1: I say, because the way I... What I, the thing that I stuck with from drama school was using an objective and seeing as, for example, in this scene, I want to save my child from a burning house, right? <laughs> And you run into the house and a lot is happening. I don't think if you're just trying to do that as an extreme example, then whatever happens is it, I don't think it's ever going to be too much or too little because mm. the, the objective is very clear. If you can identify a clear objective, then if you hold on to it, then whatever happens is your emotions and your expressions are simply... Um, Byproduct, because that's all you're striving towards you're just going towards that objective and whatever happens happens so you shouldn't be thinking oh this is too much this is too little if you if your objective is clear the yeah. audience is going to buy it the audience is going to believe you i think uh, I, I i've been teaching for two years now and I, i've never had to say uh, to an actor to do less yeah i've simply questioned them on what their intention is in the scene and mm-hmm. if i feel if i feel like they're doing too much and i don't believe it that's what is the thing that i would like to fix so then i'm like what's your what's your objective in the scene I'm trying to clarify and make that as simple as possible and then usually what they do whether it's super expressive or not that expressive. It doesn't matter. I, I I I follow it and I believe it.
0: So we got a question about approaching agents. How mm. did you approach your agents, or did they approach you?
1: So my story is a bit strange. I if I initially approached agents, the first job that I did when I was twenty, I I was in a play uh, with Tamasha Theatre Company, and then I didn't have an agent because I was doing a lot of workshops with them. And then I decided to. Well, a friend helped me. Um, he told me to write to agents and how to go about it. And I did it that way. And then I ended up with the agent that I was with for about 10, 11 years. And then she decided to quit agenting last year. So that was like a breakup and a death at the same time. That was horrible. And then from that, I did write to agents because I was looking for new agents, but also because she had decided to quit agenting, she was trying to help her clients out as much as possible. So she had already put, you know, put, People in touch with me and stuff like that, and then uh, out of the meetings that I got on my own back, and then meetings that she arranged for me, I eventually went with um, the agent that I'm with now. In answer to your question,
3: yeah.
1: get a show reel, <laughs> get a show reel done. If you don't have a show that is literally the most important thing as an actor now. It wasn't ten years ago, but it is now. We're self taping; everything is video. Get a show reel, get really good quality headshots, and get good scenes on your show reels. So there will
0: be the, um, just clips of self tapes. Um, don't have any screen experience
1: ideally not ideally not um it if you can afford it because show showreels will probably set you back about 800 to a thousand depending what you want but then for a good headshot photo shoot, you're looking at 300 to 400 pounds. Yeah. So for what you get, it does make sense. There are companies that will give you all things scenes to them or, you, or they suggest actors or you bring in actors you want on your show mm. reel and they will shoot it for you and they will edit it for you. And then you could give them notes and then you have your final thing together. Yeah. So that's one good way of doing it. If yeah. you've already got a couple of good scenes as well that you can add to it, then add that to it. But I would say that's kind of the way it is expensive, but it's probably the best way when I'm casting myself for short films. Mm. I'm looking at different actors' spotlights, and I'm looking. It, it sounds really fickle, but I'm looking for video reels now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because I just like, okay, great, you trained here, or you've got this experience, but I want to see your reel, and I want to see if you've got chops. Yeah, chops. Yeah. Because it's
0: one thing seeing those credits, but it's another thing seeing it all fleshed out because it might not. Yeah. Be right.
1: Yeah. If you a lot of the time, especially if you're starting out, a lot of people casting for stuff that you'll be putting yourself up for for example on mandy.com they Mm. won't be doing in the room casting so you're they're probably going to be wanting to see a show reel and then you go straight into the project so i would suggest definitely if you're starting out to try and get one
0: rahel asks as a stand-up comedian is transitioning from stand-up to screen acting a good way to get started and would you say having stand-up on a cv is a plus or a minor?
1: i think it's a good thing i met with an agent when my agent quit uh, her name was Sophie Chapman at uh, Troika she represents uh, when i looked at her client list she represents a lot of people that were all, that were on the stand up scene already
0: yeah troika have a lot
1: yeah and there are as if you look up you know, the agencies or, you know, people that you kind of are seeing make the leap, then find out, go on IMDB Pro, for example, find someone who has the, who has the login for IMDB Pro and check who they're with. They should, maybe even if you Google their name, you'll be able to find out who represents them, find out who those agents are. And also in terms of stand up to screen acting, I've seen it done and I've seen it done really well, um, especially in, um, in comedies and types of show where they're looking for people who are very, what's the word, comfortable with their own voice yeah and that seems to be doing really well it, was, it happens a lot in America and it's happening a lot here now as well you're seeing a lot of comedians coming now uh, working, working as actors and doing really well
0: I think also um, the thing is it's important to know that not all stand-ups are good actors and not all actors are good stand-ups so is that exactly. a level of um, natural ability and also training
1: yeah and I think you will know if if it feels like it's clicking for you, then do it. And if you want to do more of it, I suggest go to classes. I teach at City Academy. They do, we've got a huge screen acting department and it's, you know, it, it, they're affordable classes that are in evenings and weekends. Try, try it out. You know, try yeah. it out in a safe environment, uh, for example, like a class and see how you feel about it. If you're thinking you want to, you, you, you would like to do that.
3: This might be quite a broad question, but I'm just interested to see your answer. What would you say would make, say, a good and <coughs> believable screen actor? And what would make an actor stand out in an audition compared to other actors? I mean, have you noticed anything yourself?
1: Or? That's a really good question. <laughs> I think an actor that understands yeah. what, and this is something that I, I, uh, struggle with myself uh, to do and to improve but it's understanding what the scene is about. For if you are able to write down what is happening in the scene as minimally as possible and what do I want in the scene again going back to ob- objective and if I feel like they've kind of clocked that and you understand the beats of the scene really good instinct for cues and timing then then you'd kind of then you'd sense that how well does this actor understand the scene and how well are they telling the story
3: yeah no that does make that is something yeah. like what you said about me about the the whole thing about timing and yeah working out the pace is a yeah difference. and it's
1: a tough thing it's a t- pacing especially for self-taping is really tough uh, if you've got an, an actor taping with you that that's good but even then it's like you might have an idea of what you think the pacing of the scene needs to be sometimes the reader isn't going to give you that because ideally what you'd have is you'd be on set there's a director mm. there to you know to mm. to direct what they think that should be and then you've got the two actors ready to go so it's just doing the best that you can within within what you have?
2: Well, I wanted to ask, especially because, obviously not so much recently, but I've sort of got, you know, a lot more professional auditions since signing with an agent and, you know, that process is quite new for me. This is like a bit of a big question, but did you find, or do you still find that, in terms of sort of you know being an actor of color do you find that the roles that you go for might be less nuanced because the color because of the color of your skin or your race or like do you find that you know your sort of the roles that you go in for are maybe a bit broader or because I, I wouldn't say that's what I found but I'd say that you know i definitely, you know, have gone in for a couple of roles where it's not my playing age or it's not my casting type at all. And the only, you know, similarity I have with the characters is that we're, that we're both brown. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: and it's great to get in the room, obviously not saying anything else, especially, you know, because I'm starting out. But that is sort of something, sort of something that I found a bit. And I don't know if that, that's like the norm or like whether, you know.
1: It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the better answer, but yes, yeah. yeah. It has improved since I think I started out i think roles are trying they're they becoming more complex there are there's a few more popping up that are like oh this was a better role than others and um, mm. and for me that's simply because um, there's a lot more actors of color and um, writers of color that are being commissioned or there's you know, producers or directors of color behind it as well so that's kind of what gives that big hit of complexity that you feel like ah, oh, okay some bit of me is actually being uh reflected or there there is the complexity that I want to see in this character but it is rare it's mm. not enough and to my I mean for myself I'm uh, sometimes auditioning for things where you know it's just any ethnicity and that's great uh that's the whole colorblind thing but it it, we're somewhere where I believe that British uh, Caucasian actors ha- are, have so much more variety of roles that they can play. And there's so mm. much, there's uh, more nuance and more like diverse stories for them uh, because there's just so much more. And for actors of color, it's like, they just try to kind of fit you into these brackets as much as possible and you just have to make the most of that with uh, as you can with what you have and then you know I, ideally i'm constantly striving to get to that point where you're able to affect the the scripts that are coming out and the scripts that you're in yourself whether it's by creating or by collaborating with people that you want to be but in order to get there you, you have to be doing those roles to get there to get to get it onto your cv and you just have to be going up for it it's still not as good as it's not anywhere near as good as i want it to be
2: i read this thing the other day which was quite interesting about a casting director that did like an interview and it was sort of about like like the phrase personal branding was used but i think what she meant by that was more like the vibe of a person when they come into the room Mm -hmm. um and i found that like especially when i do comedy auditions it's so much easier to just be myself and i found that that you know, plays a role in, you know, um, having a much better audition yeah. um, because that's my background. And I think with comedy, you can put so much more of yourself into it with sort of more dramatic roles and more serious roles. I don't know if you have like a um, an opinion on like how to bring yourself yeah. into, because, it's, for example, like my background is comedy. And, you know, I, I think the reason one of the reasons I got an agent was because the agent liked what I brought to stuff. Yeah. Um but like when it comes to like more serious roles I, I'm often a bit stuck as to like yeah. how to bring you know myself into those parts. Um,
1: that's a good question I I get the same issue depending whether if it, 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 I think on a lot of things audition for be it comedy or be it drama I mean there's never going to be a role sadly that I've come across yet that's exactly me you know uh, and that's and that 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 kind of is what it is but the approach that I take is as much as possible and it's me as if and it's a kind of an acting <laughs> approach as me as if i were in this situation and there's a there's a great book by the way called by a, a screen acting coach called mel churcher and it's called truth 24 times a second and she taught us for a bit in drama school and she was like the best tutor that i had there and i've been a bit obsessed with her since and most of her stuff is what i still use now she does this chart thing where for example, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to get the whole, if it's a drama and this is the character you're auditioning for, uh, you look through the script and you see, okay, what do I have in common with the character? What has everyone said about the character? So, And as much as you can thinking, okay, so they're both female, so they're both from this area, they're both this, they're both that, and you and the character that you're going to be playing. So establish yourself with, as much as possible, things that you have in common. And then things that you don't have in common, uh, research more about it as possible. Um, for example, um, when uh, when When I did the um, uh, when I when I did when I did the, the the Doctor Who episode, I there was a lot of things I did have in common, but I wasn't born in the nineteen forties, uh, nor was I brought up a Hindu. There was a lot of things that were still far away from me, and I was like, okay, well, so but why? You know, what can I bring to it? I don't want to lose someone in my family. So that was my objective. And now I need to do so much homework to just try and immerse myself as much as possible in that world, or in the world of that character. Um, but yeah, me as if is the thing. Um, so, you know, for example, me as if I was, uh, you know, a superintendent in line of duty, and me as if, you know, I had gone into the police force. How did I go into Again, this is where the actor can do the work and create a backstory. And you can make it up. I call it colouring in. The script will only give you about, you know, 10% of description for the character and that you find out of what the writer gives a description specifically or what other characters say about the character, what that character says about themselves. The rest, you can make it the fuck up. (laughs) Like, I just make it up. And just, it's for me. I don't need to share that with anyone, but I know it's like whatever role I've got, i wrote pages and pages and pages of backstory that I think this character would like and you can be. what does the character like What does the character dislike whatever it is you want you can never do enough that's that's okay. kind of the point i'm getting at and then you don't need to like take it on to set with you you can just trust that you've done it yeah. put it aside and go and play oh, yeah
3: I thought of um a couple more questions yeah, yeah, yeah. for it um, so it's a little bit away from sort of screen acting in particular, it was about commercial auditions. Um, because I've heard a few little different things about these. And, um, you know, sometimes in auditions, I've come at it's, it's going back to the thing about doing too little and, and too much. I mean, what is your advice on commercial auditions? Is Is it just sort of, you know, being yourself and doing yeah it quite naturally. i
1: think it, commercial auditions is a whole other ball game yeah <laughs> um, i was
3: gonna say it's kind of
1: guys, it, it, it's, it, it's one of those ones where you can't that's when everything goes out the window you can't you know approach it like the actor you yeah. <laughs> you just have to go right uh, this is what they're looking for and you know this will be great it'll give me it's simply for the money really it's not really about the craft i mean mm-hmm for craft wise, in terms of just getting audition experience and then if you were to get it to be on a set and understand how that works but uh i would go just trust the notes that they give you and i generally do i am more expressive in commercial Mm -hmm. castings only because i'm not thinking as to how truthful it needs to be they're just looking at like what silliest face can you pull you know what you know how will you walk from there to be how would you do this reaction it is what it is you just have to be a puppet on strings and do it yeah
3: it's kind of com- yeah. yeah it's completely sort of different to it's, it's
1: different yeah, saying, I, yeah i i don't I mean i read the brief for it and then i'm just like okay great i'm gonna go do a commercial casting then afterwards i'm gonna meet a friend for a coffee it, I, yeah I, you know you can't take it too seriously the more fun yeah. you just think of it as something part of your day to have a bit of fun the mm-hmm. more likely you probably get the job <laughs> yeah yeah, just go in exactly. and enjoy it. yeah there's absolutely no pressure mm-hmm. yeah
3: exactly. and yeah. another one was um what do you wish actors knew more about the industry and if you could change anything about the industry, what would be? I mean, I know we sort of covered the whole. What was the, what was the first
1: question? Sorry. Um,
3: what do you wish <coughs> actors knew more about say the industry and the casting process? And is there anything that you would change about it?
1: What do you wish actors knew more about? Mm. Yeah.
3: About the, the casting process. Ah, and-
1: um, that's another. We've got some really cracking. <laughs> I just <laughs> had some questions. <games. laughs> <laughs> you know think. <laughs> um, I think just understanding the business side of it, uh and understanding. I mean, I think you mentioned. Uh, the term personal branding and that uh, in a sense uh, that kind of thing not really personal branding but myself as a business is like if i want to go into acting these are the things that you definitely definitely need you need someone really good to self-tape try and find a reader make sure you've got a you can create a video show reel from stuff that you already have if you don't have it then find a company to do it with um as much uh that can create a showreel for you and understand that you know cast because people have this thing like casting directors and agents and they're on this like upper tier of you know of uh, importance but really they're not (laughs) and they're simply people uh, and if you are going to write to an agent then like know that know their agency inside out and take the time to do it because the last thing that you need and i think because since my my ex-agent quit agency we've had a lot more frank conversations about you know what it's like on her side of things or what it was like
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just a volume of letters that you think this is simply a template that you've sent to another fucking agent <laughs> and it's like you know it, 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 and it's like why should i give you my time if you haven't really given me yours mm-hmm. um and just understanding that and it, it is the 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 graft of that. And when I was writing to agents last year, it, I could spend half a day uh, looking at every single client, trying to find something that potentially have in common with, or you know, something you want to say, like whatever as intricate as possible. And thinking, what about my work would appeal to this agent? Stalk the shit out of them. Um, and casting directors as well, if you're going into an audition, if you're going into the room, IMDb them, know what they've know what they've done. Before, then you kind of have a flavor of their style of casting. And uh and it's not, for example, for you to try and morph into that, but I think just the kind of knowing gives you more confidence to be in the room. It's like, oh right, yeah, I haven't met you. This because well, since I changed agents, I've been meeting with casting directors that I haven't actually met with before. There's a new generation coming through already, Mm -hmm. which is great, that were once the assistants and now becoming the main casting directors. And it's like, okay, so what have you cast? Right, 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 right. And then when I go into the room, I just like, if we're going to have a conversation about it, then I'm ready to have a conversation. Um, you just make sure you're not um, nothing. You can do that. You can be caught out because I have had experiences where I have been caught out quite badly, and I've thought that one director directed something else, but they didn't, and I've just embarrassed. I mean, embarrassed myself so many times in, over the years, uh, and. I mean once when I was really really early in acting I didn't even bother to read the script <laughs> um, <laughs> properly and then you know choices that I had made with the scene that hadn't even learned this is really early on I didn't have a clue what I was doing and I, I never got seen by that casting character again it was for a play and I just thought me myself you when know, I was it enough to be in this room I was cocky I think I was 19 or something um, but yeah that's an extreme example but simply um, take the time there's a lot of time that being an actor is a bit, you know, it's isolating and you, 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 you really need to um, just spend a lot of time on your own, just researching people as much as possible.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crates of Colour podcast. You can find me, Saima, on Twitter and Instagram at Saima Ferdos and on Twitch at Saima F. And Hamza Jutua on Twitter and Instagram at Hamza Jutua. Hamza has also written and starred in a series of sketches with Natalie Pereira called The Sketchy Ones, which you can also find on Twitter, Instagram and Vimeo. Please support the podcast by tweeting and Instagram about it and liking, subscribing and leaving a review. It is available on all podcast platforms.